Welcome to the Teaching History, Politics, and Stuff podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm your host, Elizabeth Evans. I'm completely passionate about curriculum, history, the social sciences, and all the other things in between. I love helping teachers by giving strategies to make lesson planning easier and resources to be your best self. I'm a National Board Certified Social Studies teacher with over 18 years of experience. I've met some incredible people in my life who will have a lot to share, and I cannot wait to have them as guests on my podcast. As James Madison once said, the advancement and diffusion of knowledge is the only guardian of true liberty. Thanks for joining me today. Let's learn. Very excited today on the podcast to have one of my former students who is now very involved in politics in general. And we're not talking about national politics because there is so much more to this world than national politics. So Mm -hmm. Trevor, I'm going to have you go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you very much. So my name is Trevor Malzuski. I'm a former student um, from BASHA. I'm also a former student of um, Mr. and Mrs. Evans. Um, I'm a <laughs> freshman. Yeah, I'm a freshman at ASU. Um, I'm at the, the Barrett College as well. I'm studying economics right now. Um, I took um, Ms. Evans for, for AP government. And then I took Mr. Evans for AP macro, for AP U.S. history and um, AP Comparative Government, which is like the majority of my social studies career, which I think is really funny. Um, So after um, high school, basically around where I started to, um, to like my first semester as a freshman at ASU, I decided, you know, seeing kind of the direction of the country, I was thinking, you know, like, I'm pretty passionate about politics. Um, I have to like get some skin in the game, right? Um, if this stuff is important to me, it's important that I'm like really going out and trying to make change because if I'm not doing that, then um, it's kind of like, like, you know, if I'm saying that we should be doing everything we can to make these things happen, well, I need to actually be doing that. Um, so I got an internship in, um, in my state legislative district um, for the, the LD17 Dems. So that's um, Representative Jennifer Pollack, who's an Arizona state representative. And then um, a state Senate candidate named A.J. Curtilou. That's so exciting. It's so fun to, as a teacher, watch the things that happen beyond your classroom. And I mean, your senior year and my last year teaching were really weird because it was interrupted by a a nationwide pandemic. Yeah. The first question I want to ask you, um, because this is something that we've kind of talked about before, you've done research on the state mandated civics exam. So for people who do not live in Arizona, um, there is a law that says that students have to pass the civics exam with a 60 or better out of a hundred. Um, it is, it's just the one that is given to, um, people who are becoming citizens, even though those people only have to answer six out of 10. So, Tell us about what you found in that research and then how that translated into your own experience with politics post high school. Yeah. So, um, I mean, just to start, I guess the way it translated, um, I mean, there are a lot of ways, but I actually was able to present this to um, representative Pollock, which is really cool. And it's, um, you know, to think that I, 
just a few months into kind of like the politics game to say um, that I've been able to talk to a state representative about what priorities they should be setting in the legislature is like, is pretty crazy. Um, but to, to go to the civics exam. Um, so like, um, like Miss Evans said, um, this is a state mandated exam. You have to, if you want to graduate high school, um, you have to pass this. Um, I took it in um, junior year with Mr. Evans. Um, the exam content, um, I guess could be a lot better. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like when you, and when you talk to a lot of students, maybe myself, and it, it, I'm not just saying this from a perspective of somebody who's politically involved, who maybe like quote unquote knows everything. Um, this stuff applies to, you know, your average student. Um, a lot of things are just not getting that much out of um, from the test. It's a lot of kind of, you know, you memorize something, it kind of goes in one ear out the other. It's like like more of a requirement than anything, if that makes sense. Um, one of the, the concepts I kind of made up when I was giving my presentation was on a difference between what I call like civic knowledge and then civic engagement. So, um, Civic knowledge is just being kind of the facts and the understandings behind, um, you know, the responsibilities you have as a citizen, um, you know, what politics is and how our government functions and that type of thing. Um, and then civic engagement is actually getting out in the real world and doing kind of the stuff that I do and the people that um, I'm with are doing, you know, reaching out to voters, reaching out to your representatives and getting involved in the political process. Um, with this test, you get a lot of the, like my, the ideal is to kind of have the important civic knowledge that's like relevant to, you know, today and to the real world, and then have that try and build people over to civic engagement, right? It would be really cool if this test was, you know, for example, um, teaching people about the different processes of voting, right? Um, maybe, you know, with mail-in, you can be on the permanent early voting list. Uh, if you're not, you can request a ballot. You can go vote early in person. Um, you know, you can vote on election day. Um, and I think as of at least the last election, um, I believe you could go any place in the county, which is a pretty, that's one example of like a pretty specific thing um, to, I guess, at least Maricopa County, I believe in Arizona in general, right? Um, a lot of times, you know, people don't have the, the knowledge of these things and, um, or even just the knowledge of very basic things like who their state representative is or who their congressman is. Um, so I wanted to make the material in this exam a lot more relevant to that stuff. Um, so just like a few examples of this. Um, I guess number one, I, I devised a few specific like questions. I thought it would be a really good idea to have some like open-ended questions, for example, even if these weren't graded, because um, one of the things that makes civic, um, um, civic learning more effective is like thinking and even talking about the ideas. Um, when I was doing research on this, I found some things that were kind of um, like supporting that perspective, right? Um, so I wanted to, you know, add in these open-ended questions so students could think about things like, you know, how is my city government? How is my county government, you know, state government? And um, those those, um, those entities affecting my life, because they are, I mean, think of it this way, um, you know, this exam, there was a, you know, lobbying group that lobbied the state legislature, 
and convince them to pass this legislation. The governor signed it to law. It was the first thing that Governor Ducey signed into law. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard for us, especially when you're young and especially when you haven't voted, to conceptualize that those things are happening. Um, so I wanted to make the exam a lot more focused on doing things like that. That's why those open-ended questions are there. That's why I wanted to focus more on you know, having people understand what the different state and local governments are, you know, maybe who their mayor is um, and what they're doing and, and that type of thing. And then also to um, shortening the questions a little bit and making the bar to pass the exam a little bit higher. So instead of, I guess, kind of like spamming a lot of very broad topics, we can focus and get a little more in depth on certain things. And you really hit the point home where the exam that you guys took was a a nationwide exam. It does not ask any, I think there was one question that was, who is your state senator? Or which one is your state senator? And not, we're talking senator that is in Washington, D.C. and here. Um, There is nothing on there for state, which is a huge or local which is you know we know that that is where a lot of those big changes happen Mm -hmm. and when you talk about you know voting I I think everybody knows where Maricopa County is now in Arizona because it was such a big thing yeah election Uh um so my second question and really the the bulk of what we're talking about today is how as I mean students that are just out of high school, or maybe even people who are my age that have never been civically involved, how do you build political power to affect change? Um, the second part of that, why is politics so nationalized? And how, how do we shift that focus back to, I mean, really where it needs to belong? Not that national politics are not important, but the mm-hmm. politics that affect us the most are our state and local politics. Yeah, um, man, there are a lot of things here. So for the first part of it, just building political power in general. Um, so this isn't to um, to be opposed to, you know, being informed or anything. But there is a an interesting, I guess, phenomenon in like politics kind of being a spectator sport. Um, and then people focus a lot more on being informed than being involved, right? So you know, watching the news every night and maybe scrolling through social media, people will spend hours of their their day, um, you know, many hours per week focusing on politics. But um, getting out there and getting involved is um, not also necessarily the focus. And a lot of times when you're told to be involved too, people don't really know what that means, right? So um, we should go down that road, I guess, a little bit. So yeah, yeah um, in... I think we all know this, but in, you know, America, we operate with a democracy and, you know, people vote for the politicians they want. And then those politicians go vote on the policies. Right. So if you want to make something happen in, you know, any area, state, local, national, you're going to have to be focused on that framework. So when you're evaluating, like, okay, what can I do to make change? You should be thinking about it in that way. So if I go to a protest, I'm contributing to that protest, which is contributing to a you know certain idea, getting more focus in the media, more focus by politicians, right? Um, and that might affect change on some level. Um, and there are all different types of 
um, effectiveness, I guess, to certain things like this. Maybe like the Red for Ed, um, the teachers union protests, for example. Um, those might be a lot more powerful in some ways because they're making specific demands to the state legislatures that have to respond to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really important to, um, to focus on things in that way. The biggest like easy starting point for you to get to is to just contact, find out, you know, what campaigns are, you know, in your area, maybe what your, you know, your state representatives and your state senators are, like for me, for example, in LD17. Um, maybe who's running for the city council, um, maybe who your congressman is. And, you know, find out who are the people, you know, working on those campaigns that you can contact. You just ask them, you know, what can I do to help, right? And there are a lot of things, um, you know, knocking on doors, handing out campaign literature, you know, sending texts, sending calls, that type of thing. Um, And I would always evaluate, you know, two things for, for, you know, how you get involved. And that's number one, um, where your comfort zone is, because not everybody is comfortable, you know, knocking on the door of a stranger and talking to them, though. I, you know, from what I've heard and from a bit of my personal experience, I can tell you it's not as bad as you would think. And I would encourage everybody (laughs) to do it. Um, But, but, um, so you you need to know what your comfort zone is um, and you should know how passionate you are about it um, because that'll determine how much time you're spending and what you're doing. Um, I would always encourage people, of course, to push themselves out of their comfort zone. But if you can't do that, then, you know, there are things that you can still do to um, to make change that, you know, you can kind of stay within your bubble. Right. Um, writing letters for from your home, for example, is one of them. You know, a voter gets a, a letter from their representative um, in the mail. They might be convinced by the letter. They might not even know um, who that politician is, but there are going to be some people who are voting for them who um, who wouldn't have otherwise because of those outreach efforts. So um, it's always important to think of things in the way of, you know, multiplying your influence, right? Um, and that is a really, really good way to do it because, um, you know, my vote is important, but my vote is only one vote. But, you know, I, um, I talked to a friend and I reminded him that the uh, voter registration deadline was coming up tonight and I got him registered to vote that night, right? That's another person who's voting who, um, who wouldn't have otherwise. I've, you know, talked with my, my family members and I got them to vote for my candidates, right? Um, a lot of people like my brother didn't even vote for, um, for all of the down ballot races, which I hope we can change. But um, so those are people that are, are pushing, you know, my candidates over the line and also in some very competitive races, mind you. Um, And then when you talk about just the general campaign work that you do, I think um, over the the stretch of the campaign, I dropped off literature at uh, roughly like 1500 houses, which is pretty insane considering, I mean, I was waking up, you know, five in the morning with my mom driving me around, you know, hitting these houses. (laughs) Yeah, we were going really hard. And keep in mind that I'm, you know, a college student at the time. I think, um, I think the only other people in the campaign that, um, that did more than me was um, Matt Orlando, who is literally a Chandler City Council member, and then um, and then somebody who is getting paid by the Maricopa County Democratic Party, right? So, you know, there are people 
in those houses that I'm I'm hitting once again that are you know voting for not just our candidates too but others you know down the ballot that you know if we drop off something that says hey this is the last day you can send in your mail in ballot right these are you know the candidates that we have for the um, Maricopa County Attorney um, or the the treasurer and things like that that's all those are all um, all are all candidates that my in line with my views that are being pushed across the line because of that so um if you're looking to get involved and make change that's a really really good place to start and you talk about voter registration even you know i think i my family that was the big thing this year is let's just get you registered to vote i don't know that i'm gonna push for who you vote for because we're all very different Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we got our mail-in ballots, having conversations about, you know, what does this proposition mean? Or, you know, who is this? Because I think especially in presidential years, people get their ballot, they mark the president and they they send send it it in. And they, because they, in their head, they think, well, this is all too overwhelming. I don't know who to vote for. Or Mm -hmm. on either side, they say, well, I'm just going to vote for all the Republicans or I'm going to vote for all the Democrats um, and kind of push that. So, Mm -hmm. Why do you think politics is so nationalized? How can we kind of shift back this focus to our local and state politics? Yeah. Um, and first off, just going back to what you said, like really briefly, mm-hmm. um, get on the permanent early voting list. And yes. you have the time to, you know, look through, you know, those candidates and stuff. That's a luxury that um, you might not get in person. So um, that's, you know, I'd highly consider that for everybody. But um, so shifting things back to local politics. Um, this is a really big, really tough thing to do um, because really all of us are involved with it. It's not, you know, the politicians or the voters or the media. It's, you know, it's everybody, right? So, mm-hmm. so think of it this way. Um, you know, a lot of us like to, I guess, kind of lambast maybe people in Congress or um, maybe people who are part of a certain like presidential administration or whatever for kind of the like political theater. But at the end of the day, you know, these politicians do these things because they work well with voters. Otherwise they wouldn't do them because they're trying to get elected, right? Um, One of the the things that um, I remember that's a really good example. Um, There was a guy, a Republican congressman who I think during like Obama's State of the Union speech or some speech he was giving to Congress, he shouted like, you lie, like at him. Mm -hmm. And it it kind of made like a pretty big up for, um, you know, after that, he got a pretty, pretty substantial increase in campaign donations because people liked it and people, you know, like kind of seeing him stand up to, you know, Obama, who's the the guy that Mm -hmm. we don't like, right? Um, And that kind of energized the Republican base, right? So it's important to realize that, you know, as much as we might not like to admit it, a lot of the antics that go on in Washington happen because, you know, the the voters, they kind of like them sometimes. So... The good news about that, even though it's really hard to make that change, is that all of us can be a part of, um, of you know, shifting the landscape. And that can be as simple as, you know, I don't need to read everything that's necessarily in an NBC News article. I can also give a little bit of time to maybe AZ Central, for example, um, or even just, you know, pay attention to you know, the videos and the information that maybe your city government is putting out. Um, You know, recently we had, um, we inaugurated three new um, Chandler City Council members. 
right? Um, you know, not everybody votes in those elections. Not everybody, you know, knows who they are. So just doing the research on, on you know, how those elections work, who the candidates are, it's a really rewarding and um, important thing to do. Um, yeah. I think that what, you know, you bring up the city council, um, the school board, like school yeah. boards are very, very important. And especially in times of, you know, you brought up the red for ed, or we bring up mm -hmm. things like the pandemic, your school board is very important because a lot of these decisions that are being made are being made by a one vote margin. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, that's important to people on, Unfortunately, I think that local and state politics don't become important until people are reacting to it. So instead of being yeah. proactive, they're being reactive. Mm -hmm. um, can I ask, what is something that has, you know, after high school, after you've left, what is one thing that's really surprised you about local politics, whether it's good or bad? Yeah, um, how accessible it is, is a big one. Um, if you want to talk to your um, your state representative, you can. <laughs> you can just do it. Like if um, at least for the most of them, or at least the ones that you know are are open to it. Um, and I believe that's that's the vast majority of them. If you want to walk into you know Representative Pollock's office, right, um, and talk to her about an issue that's important to you, you can do that, right. And a lot of times we you know have this idea that it's all of the I guess the lobbyists or the corporations that are controlling everything. And that's not to say that they don't have their influence, but um, you know, how much can we just abandon the political process and say that, you know, everything is controlled by, you know, wealthy donors and things like this, when we're not the ones that are donating and mobilizing and talking to other voters, talking to our representatives and that type of thing. But um, yeah, how accessible it is. Another, a really good example too. One of the things I just found out, you know, a day or two ago um, at ASU. So at ASU, there's a, um, there's a, you know, Young Democrats and Republicans Club, for example. Um, mm -hmm. One of the ASU Young Democrats, this guy's a sophomore. Um, he got elected to the, the Tempe um, High School uh, School Board. And he's a member of the school board as a, a sophomore in, in high school, right? He, he won his election. He's serving right now, right? So um, that's just one example of, of how crazy accessible it is. Like if, if you want to run for something, you know, there are avenues to make that happen. You can talk to local political parties in your area about that, right? Um, and, you know, just to, to go further and to how accessible it is, also keep in mind, like I was talking earlier, I had my research project that I, I presented to Jennifer and AJ, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there is a lot of influence and power, you know, up for grabs there. Um, if you know you want to get it and the the big deal becomes you know going out there and really chasing that i love that you call them by their first names because i think it illustrates how accessible it is though that these yeah. these local i mean really all elected officials we are their boss and they are here mm -hmm. to serve us but sometimes yeah. it doesn't necessarily feel that way i'm yeah. going to have to look at the tempe union High school yeah, board, right. or, his name his name is Armando something. I don't know. I don't know his last name, but yeah. And it's he like, is a, it's really cool. Yeah. He's a sophomore in college. 
Yes. <laughs> that's, but that yeah, just shows you that it's never too early to get involved. And again, some people are going to listen to this and think, I don't ever want to run for office, but there's so many more things. Um, I know yeah. Representative Pollock is actually very um, connected on Twitter too. So she, yeah. I know that there were a couple things we did when we were at Basha that mm-hmm. she, you know, liked and knew about. So I think that that is yeah, such a, yeah. a cool thing. Um, yeah, and it, also um, just real quick, um, it's also important to think about like the, because I, we haven't talked about any of the, the policy areas that are there, right? Um, you know, so there might not be as much focus. There might be not as many of these big national campaigns, right? But um, so there's a lot of influence there. But, you know, even the, the issues that we're talking about, um, like police policies, for example, this is stuff that's coming down vast majority of the time to, to city governments. I mean, these are city police departments that we're talking about after all, you know? Um, the schools being open and closed right this these are the decisions that your local school board is making right and if you want to attend a meeting and talk to them you know you can do it right i don't don't, i'm pretty sure i don't think um high school students like people that are in school can do that unfortunately but yeah i think well (laughs) i know now that with uh the pandemic you can't go to board meetings but i when I worked in a neighboring district, I went to a couple of board meetings um, yeah. and actually spoke at them because, mm-hmm. you know, I want change and I want to see things happen. And those, exactly, it's, it's more accessible and easier than people think once you figure out how to do it. Yeah. The big challenge is finding, because, you know, when the, the media focus is on, you know, national mm-hmm. politics. That's that's where our focus is going to be. But a lot of times, you know, the state legislature too, right? Um, we might focus a lot on the difference maybe between, you know, Biden and Trump on, you know, like LGBT policies, for example. But in the state legislature, right before, um, before um, man, what was the specific case? I don't know why I'm blanking on it now. Before 2015, <laughs> Before 2015, um, you know, gay marriage oh, legislation was Obergefell. being decided. Yeah, Obergefell was Obergefell decided. Obergefell yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's where that was being decided, right? We had um, we had policy on transgender athletes that was being decided at the state capitol. And um, when our our candidates in LD17 did a debate, we talked about um, our differences on views there, right? So these are you know big changes that are happening at the at the state capitol at you know. Um, at the the Chandler City Hall, right at your local school board. So, and those things are important because those policies affect us. They affect our neighbors. They affect mm-hmm. you know the the kids in schools, and it's it's such a big and powerful thing. And I think that oftentimes people forget that a lot of those decisions are made at the state and local levels. Yeah. So I have one final question for you. So if somebody is wanting to get involved and doesn't know where to start, where can they start at any level? So if they have five minutes, if they have 50, what do you think is the kind of that most important first step? Yeah, I think the the easiest answer that I have is to, you know, think about a politician that inspires you, that you agree with ideologically, Um, go to their website, Right. And uh, unfortunately, a lot of times I think um, I think I signed up because I was thinking about volunteering with like Mark Kelly. And mm-hmm. 
I like I just got sent on like an email list <laughs> and that nothing <laughs> nothing came of that but I was too busy with the LD17 stuff so that was okay but but that's another reason why you know focusing on local politics is a good thing because for me you know I went on to Mark Kelly's website and just got put onto an email list. But for me, I, you know, I emailed Steve Wickert, who is the, was a campaign manager um, for, for Jennifer and AJ, who ran for state Senate before, almost won. Um, and, you know, I got to talk to them and I got to get set up with everything. Right. But, you know, think about um, a politician that inspires you. Um, and also think about too, if you're not aware of those local um local government levels think about you know which jurisdictions you're in uh, what city you're in um, what county you're in you know the the races for you know in this area for the um the board of supervisors was incredibly close the mm -hmm. the all the um candidates for the um the the chandler city government it was like a two or three percent margin between like the biggest and the, like the highest and the lowest something like that you know like um you know you can find something in your area where you know there is legitimate change that can be made where if you work hard enough or especially if you work to you know get other people working as well and you encourage other people to volunteer and to vote where you can be like fairly responsible for getting somebody in government and making big change so i would just suggest looking at you know what levels of you know government that apply to you um, and where you're at and what candidates um, at those levels match up with your values right you have somebody in the county board of supervisors that represents you, right? And you might have somebody who is challenging them in, you know, next in like the next election cycle, right? So chances are um, there is somebody who is um, is a you know candidate you would be willing to work for, somebody who you would connect with um, that you could see yourself, you know, going out and doing some work for. So you know, finding out who those people are um, and then, you know, going on their websites, contacting the people involved in their campaign and doing that research and then trying to, you know, ask them what you can do is like the best first step that I can recommend for anybody. I think that you pointed out something really valid is just knowing who the people are that represent you. You know, I think that a lot of people in our area don't even know who our person or our representative is for the state. And I know for... Yeah. Uh, we live in a weird area because we're right like at the edge of a of a section um but Andy Biggs I mean he yeah. runs against people but he often because it's the incumbent effects but just knowing yeah. who these people are and if you agree with them or if you don't and I, I think that's a great first step just knowing who represents you and understanding yeah. what it means when they represent you um and then I think voting yeah making sure you're registered, mm -hmm. making sure I, when you brought up mail-in ballots, I was like, I don't actually remember the last time I went to the polls in person because I've been yeah. a mail-in voter because I like to sit with mm -hmm. my ballot. And I think that's yeah, a really and the, the majority of Arizonans are, which is mm -hmm. crazy to think, but it's, it's really cool. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's so much more that you can, you can discover that you don't know. I mean, think of it this way, you know, my, uh, my congressman is Andy Biggs. He's very conservative because the district is very conservative. It's mm -hmm. like, um, like R plus 10. So you could expect, you know, him to be winning by, you know, you know, 10, 15, 20 points every election. He's a pretty safe seat unless he's getting, um, you know, primaried by another Republican. Right. Yes. So for me, 
Um, and then I'm also in the southern part of Chandler, which is more conservative than the mm -hmm. northern or the northwestern part. Um, so I never expected to be in a competitive um, district for the, the state legislature. Um, but, you know, it is one. It's one where um, both of the Democratic candidates in 2018, um, you know, Jennifer Pollack won and, um, and Steve lost by, you know, like 1.1%. Um, it's crazy considering because the district is a lot more, you know, Republicans than Democrats. But, you know, it's one where, um, you know, if I worked hard enough that I could help get Democrats um, um, elected in. Um, so, you know, there's a lot more there than, you know, meets the eye, I guess, even if you're in the most conservative state um, in maybe the most conservative area, there are probably, you know, some areas um, in your state where, there might be a Democrat trying to, you know, get elected and vice versa. If you're in California, there are some um, Republicans in a certain city, in a certain, you know, county um, or for the state government that probably have some pretty tight races um, that you can help out with. So, you know, no matter where you are in the United States, especially considering that you can make calls for, you know, people, you know, across the coast you know, there's something for you to do. So it's really important to kind of understand that, you know, there's a lot more that meets the eye um, that we need to, you know, find out, you know, what's going on at the local level um, and get connected with it and get connected with those campaigns. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. I think that this is, I mean, it's great for students, but I also think it's good for those people who, maybe not, we're, we're not so engaged civically, maybe they know a lot of stuff, but haven't taken that step to be an engaged citizen and want to. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today. Please comment, like, and share. Want to connect with me? Find me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at LizEvansNBCT and online at teachingapgovernment.com. I'm so glad you joined us today. We'll see you next time.